You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident fanalist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. So I want to continue on talking about a few of these questions and then really starting to dig in now uh, as we get closer to the draft, talking about the draft. Obviously, I've been looking at a lot of different angles for the Green Bay Packers, but I want to kind of extend that out and start talking more broadly about what's been going on because the last time we actually talked about you know, the draft more broadly across different teams, things have changed kind of a lot. You know, my, my perspective on a lot of these pass rushers is that several of them probably will fall. I don't know that. It's just sort of a hunch that I have. So anyways, want to kind of, again, more broadly look at the newer thoughts on where some of these guys are, what some of these other teams might be thinking, because that changes what happens at 12. Right, what we thought Buffalo might do a month ago is very different than what we're thinking Buffalo might do today. So that's more or less what's on the docket today. Thank you, as always, for everyone leaving the iTunes reviews. It's greatly appreciated. Remember to please uh, send me your five-star reviews so I can enter you into the PFF giveaway. Once we get to 200, I'm giving that away. PFF Edge subscription. And um, I have a new favorite podcast review, by the way. This was uh, four days ago, five-star review. It says, Woohoo! I'm just doing this for my boyfriend. <laughs> that's, a, uh, that's a good woman right there. Whoever the boyfriend is, make sure you, uh, make sure you lock that one up before it's too late, because I think things are going real well. <laughs> that cracks me up. But I appreciate the enthusiasm, and um, I almost think it should be a litmus test. I'm just saying. I think everybody should go talk to their significant other, see if they'd be willing to leave a five-star review for something they don't care about. And if not, you know, we got to think long and hard about this situation. I'm just saying. I will accept significant other entries in the BFF giveaway, by the way. No rules in love and war and podcast reviews, as you all know. Sun Tzu. All right. Outside of that, be sure to get into the Packernet Facebook group. Check nflbigboard.com. If you have any questions or you'd like to call in to get something off your chest, 608 Excuse me, let me try that one more time. 608 I hope I have not been saying 507 this whole time because somebody really is going to hate this show. Why do you keep calling me? I also added one more link in the uh, show description. Pro Football Focus just keeps emailing this. I think they send it to everybody who subscribes to their stuff. But it's just, hey, if somebody signs up with this link, we'll give you some money off and we'll give you 10 bucks. So if you're planning to sign up for PFF, I'm not telling you to do it. If you'd like to do it, if you wouldn't mind clicking that link and then buying it, it doesn't cost you any more. It just helps me a little bit. Thank you very much. So we'll take a four-second break and we'll be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. 
Now when I buy slab packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. So the first question came from Andy. Maybe the only question. I don't know. I haven't looked yet. But he was talking about trades and trying to get an idea of different kinds of trades that could be done. And he came up with a pretty creative one, and that was essentially, let's say hypothetically, Washington gave their pick, or yeah, their pick to Arizona because they went and got Rosen. So traded Rosen for their first round pick, let's just say hypothetically. His thought was, would it make sense to trade with Washington, or excuse me, Arizona, specifically because they tr- they pick at the top of each round, which is kind of a cool way to think about it because, you know, it's the top of the round. In that specific scenario, I think it's reasonable to think, I don't know if they would be willing to do it, or the Packers for that matter, but we could probably get their fourth and fifth round pick, and again, this is top of the fourth and top of the fifth. That doesn't seem great for the Packers, necessarily, um, but you also have to remember we're trading back three spots. So if we're in a situation where we have three players that we like, whoever that might be, I don't know, maybe they love Hawkinson, Hollywood Brown, and Brian Burns. I don't know, I would doubt really any of those three would be in contention or the pick, but whatever. You trade back with Washington, you're guaranteed to get one of them, and you pick up the first pick in the fourth round, which is especially cool because that's the start of day three. So it's just, it's in my opinion, that would be a no-brainer. Now, and again, it, I know it feels like it's not a good value because in our in our minds, and I, I got to be honest, I struggle with this as well, it almost feels like there's a 20% chance we hit it big in the first round, a 5% chance in the second round, and basically just pretty close to, like once every 10 years we'll hit in rounds three and beyond. I think we got to get out of that mentality. Granted, the Packers have missed a lot. We have been drafting really, really, really poorly. This isn't necessarily the norm. Beyond that, there's always a team that hits it real big, and who's to say it couldn't be the Packers this year? Last year it was the Colts. Two years ago it was the Saints. These two teams are absolutely 100% transformed because of one good year. Of course, we remember what happened to the Seahawks in one year. Beyond that, we look at some of the better players we've had and some of the better players in the NFL. A lot of them are fourth-round guys, second-round guys, fifth-round guys, whatever. I don't know if there's any good seventh-round guys. There's got to be one somewhere. So, I, you know, sixth and seventh round, it's, I think it's a little fair to be pessimistic. But up and through the fifth round, if, if we get top of the fourth and top of the fifth, that's not bad. If I just come over here to um, Kyle Crabb's uh, horizontal board here, First of all, just think about the talent at running back. This is when you get that sort of um, that bottleneck effect. Granted, a lot of them are going to go in the third round, but look at Benny Snell, Travion Williams, Alexander Madison, Rodney Anderson, Elijah Holyfield. Fifth round, he has Miles Gaskin, Alex Barnes, uh, Karan Higdon, Ryquel Armstead, and Mike Weber. That's just running back. Wide receivers, David Sills, Cody Thompson, Demarcus Lodge, Anthony Johnson out of Buffalo, uh, Jacoby Myers, Antoine Wesley, uh, uh, Mikol Hardman, Darius Slayton, Gary Jennings, Terry Godwin, Dylan Mitchell, Hunter Renfro he has in the fifth round, I know a lot of people like, and Jalen Hurd, who I like. Those are guys he has in the fourth and fifth rounds. Tight ends, Foster Moreau, a lot of people like him. Uh, Kahali Waring, 
I don't, I don't know if that's exactly how you say it. I just watched, uh, who was it? Somebody just did a video on him saying they really liked him. Isaac Nada, uh, Dawson Knox, Tommy Sweeney, Caden Smith, Andrew Beck. I mean, even uh, Jay Sternberger, somebody just recently said, I don't know if he's going in the third round. He's more of like a fourth, fifth, maybe a third, fourth guy. I don't agree with that. I think he's, um, Kyle Krabs has him second round. I wouldn't, wouldn't be surprised if he went second. I would be surprised if he slipped past the third, but who knows? If he, And that's the thing. If he slips out of the third, how quickly are we taking that first, fourth-round pick and taking Jay Sternberger? You know, tackles, it seems like they'd probably be gone, but here's something interesting, Max Sharping. He has him at the top of the fourth round. That's another guy the Packers have brought in for a visit. He's a guy who is native to Green Bay. I think that'd be a great pick from Northern Illinois. Greg Little, um, fifth round. Isaiah Prince, Ryan Bates. Uh, Ryan Bates, I forget what I just looked at him for. I think it was a really high mark on my spreadsheet. Uh, Chuma Idoga and Calvin Anderson. Guards, Connor McGovern, Tyler Jones, Elston Jenkins, Ross Piercebacher, uh, Yalta Froholt, Lamont Gallard, Bo Benshaw, Bunchy Stallings, Ed- Edge Rusher, Sutton Smith. Justin Hollins, Anthony Nelson, DeAndre Walker, Joe Jackson, Max Crosby, uh, Sharif Miller. Again, I'm, I'm just I'm reading these off because I think a lot of times, again, well, I don't want to drop three spots because then, you know, we're not. We can get two of these guys. Interior defensive linemen, Daniel Wise, Dontravius Russell, Rennell Wren, Kalen Saunders, Dalen Mack, Gerald Willis. I'm so glad Gerald Willis is into the fourth round now. <laughs> Kingsley Kiki, Terry Beckner, Isaiah Bugs, Armin Watts. Linebackers, Drew Tranquil, Bobby Okereke, or as I say, Okereke, Joe Giles-Harris, Chase Hansen, David Long, Voshin Joseph, Ryan Conley, Cam Smith, Sion Takitaki, Deshaun Davis, TJ Edwards, Jelani Tavai, Tavon Coney. Again, we can pick two of these guys. Might as well finish it at this point. Cornerbacks, Jimmy Moreland, Isaiah Johnson, uh, Isaiah Wharton, Tim Harris, Savion Smith, Jordan Brown, Corey Ballantine, Chris Boyd, Montre Hartage, Ken Webster, and Jawan Williams. Safety, Sheldrick Redwine, Hugo Amadi, Lucas Dennis, Deshaun Johnson, Will Harris, Kari Willis, Joquan Johnson, and Marquise Blair. These aren't nobodies. These aren't guys that are like, well, we're never going to play. Dude, we're talking fourth and fifth round. These are contributors. These are players. These are these are guys who you expect or hope to start. At, a worst, at worst, you're expecting them to be depth. I mean, think about the depth we could upgrade. Think about the ability to upgrade the depth at outside linebacker or inside linebacker or safety. How badly would we love to not only get a starting safety outside of uh, um, Amos? That was a tough one to get out there. Some depth at corner, some some depth, you know, everywhere. Interior offensive line, exterior, you know, tackles. Our entire offensive line is so depleted of depth that anybody would want anywhere near the offensive line. I would love to get some more Lane Taylor light. Do you remember when we had one of the best offensive lines in the NFL and our backups were basically starter quality, and I know that because they went to go to other teams and they started there? That's what happens when you continually draft offensive line. You get starters as your backups. I mean, Lane Taylor was was just a standard backup for the Packers. I don't know about tackle necessarily, but anyways, I, I, I just, I'm telling you this, but I kind of need to tell myself this at the same time. <laughs> I know I sound a little preachy, but I'm, I'm also kind of screaming at myself because I need to be reminded of that. Because there is going to be a part of me that's like, oh man, we're going to miss out on somebody for a fourth and fifth round. Blah. We know as well as anybody there's there's gems in the fourth round. The, the running backs that we love came in that range. Our stalwart left tackle came out of that range. Uh, one of our better defensive linemen, one of the best defensive linemen in the NFL came out of that range. Blake Martinez came from that range. Jake Ryan, as much as many of you don't like him. 
was a starter and a quality starter coming out of the fourth round. So yeah, I mean, I, if the card or the uh, yeah Cardinals wanted to move up and gave us the first pick in the fourth round and the first pick in the fifth round to move up three spots, it would be hard to turn that down unless there's just one guy and there's nobody else. Like if Devin Bush is there and that's the guy you want and you just know that's the guy you want, you just take him. I'm saying if there's three or more guys, you just got to do it. But anyways, he also asked about some other uh, trades that could be done in a similar fashion. Well, there are definitely some that stand out. Um, Obviously, the Oakland Raiders pick, uh, if you look at pick 24, for example, maybe pick 27 it would cost. But if they moved up, it's possible we could get their second round pick and they pick the third pick in the second round. So that's one of those things where if you're the GM, you're trying to get creative if you're going to trade back. And this would, I mean, we're talking about a massive trade back, but I'm, I'm just trying to look at other creative ways. Essentially what our pick would be, let's say we did end up getting pick 24, we would be picking 24, 30, 35, and 44. Now, the only way that I could see this happening would be in a situation where, as I said, in terms of tiers, that next level tier, let's, you know, whoever you say it is, Ed Oliver, um, Josh Allen, guys that are in that group, they're all gone. And now you've got the next tier, which has, you know, the, the next group, and it has 20, 30 guys, you know, what, whatever, 10 guys, 15 guys. You take that trade. We're talking about moving back 12 spots, knowing full well that it's pretty, un- I mean, if you've got 10 guys in the next tier and you move back 12 spots, it's pretty unlikely that all 10 are gone. And again, you could always trade back up, similar to what the Packers did before. I suppose the other option, if you really, really wanted to, and I don't think Packer fans would like this very much at all, but you could take some of the capital because we do have a good amount of capital and you could take a 2021st, essentially doing the exact same thing we did this past time. I don't exactly know the best way to calculate that, but we would have to give something up in addition to 12 to move back to 24. I personally would love that because I'm so obsessed with the draft. I would love nothing more than after this draft to start looking at 2020 and again for a full year get to celebrate the fact that the Packers have two first round picks. But I know for most people, the main focus is on the Packers and specifically the 2019 season and not getting a bunch of return for dropping back when we have the opportunity at 12 would just make a lot of people livid. So I I won't, because I can't really quantify that, I don't even know how to do the math for that, because it's hard to gauge where Oakland is going to be. I would assume that, you know, we can, as Pack, uh, you know, if I were the Packers GM, try to talk up the Raiders like, oh, I don't know, you made a lot of improvements. You guys could be playoff team next year. When in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, you guys are picking top 10 again next year for sure. <laughs> because it's, it's, it's ultimately just about maximum value. I'm just trying to get the best value I can. All right, we did it last time, and the dumb Saints went and got 30. So we kind of got ripped off in that deal, which can still pan out really well. Because not only do we get Jair, but we get to find out who we get at 30. And if we get a stud at 30, that means we get Jair and this other guy um, for not picking, we'll just say, Derwin. Who knows if that's actually who we would have picked anyways, but let's just pretend it was. But had this gone a different way where the Saints were picking high, that would have been the trade of the century. It would have been incredible. And the same thing can be done again if we do it again. I mean, at some point, at, at some point you got to make the pick. You can't just keep trading away the first-round pick to get a, a first-round pick next year. But it would be nice to trade, especially if we're just trading back in the first, because then we technically we would still have two first-round picks. But we'd have to, I don't know, probably like a third, let's just say. We'd have to give up our third pick third round pick. Another team that's a little bit interesting is the Pittsburgh Steelers because they have a lot of high round picks. They got the second pick in the third round, the third pick in the fifth round, the second pick in the sixth round, the fifth pick in the seventh round. 
Now, if we traded back to pick 20 with the Pittsburgh Steelers, they could probably just give us their second round, and that would just be a straight swap. But there's other stuff that can happen, right? A trade in the second round, whatever. Any uh, Bottom line is a trade with the Pittsburgh Steelers could give us uh, several high picks. Might even just get greedy and be like, hey, if you want to move up, I want your second round, and uh, why don't you give me that uh, high sixth round, too, while you're at it? Come on, man, just throw it in. You're taking Devin Bush from us. It's the least you could do. But in general, the general principle that Andy brought up that makes sense is if you're trading back, keep an eye on the picks that they have. Um, you know, if it is a team like the Giants or the Oakland Raiders, who basically are really bad teams who are only picking after you because they've acquired multiple picks, and if you trade with them, you're getting a high round pick, that's not a bad thing. But ultimately, high round doesn't really matter, right? High third isn't better than low second. But just, you know, in general, that's a good thing to keep an eye on. Even, let's say, a team that doesn't have a second round could even be beneficial because that's a team that essentially, if they want to move up, they're going to have to give you a 2020 first. You know, the the Jets don't have a second round pick. Now, obviously, they're already in front of us. They're not going to trade with us to get any whatever. But that would be an example. So that's something I'm definitely going to have up when the stream comes up is this trade value chart so that I can very quickly try to figure out what exactly is going on if the Packers trade back, you know, if the Packers are on the clock, and then, you know, if the Packers are on the clock at 30, and I see, you know, Buffalo flash across the screen, it's like, all right, so they're giving us pick 40. If we end up getting a third round for that, that's kind of a steal. We'll see what we get out of it, you know what I mean? So that'll be instant analysis. Plug in the live stream, that's what I do. Anyways, we are going to change the topic now because, um, well, honestly, it's because... This is now 6 o'clock at night, and when I was recording what I just said about 30 seconds ago, that was 6 o'clock in the morning, and I just got back to re-recording this, and my head's not in the same place it was, so we're going to move on. But let's take a little break and uh, talk about something else. So one thing I wanted to bring up, and this isn't an exact science, it's just I've seen it brought up several times, I saw it on Twitter, and Andy, this is similar to the question you asked, and it's probably as good as I'm going to be able to give you as far as an answer, even though I know it's not exactly what you asked me. But in general, the question was about players falling. And Andy, to answer your question as specifically as I can, the the honest answer is I have no idea, man. <laughs> Guys who might fall because they don't possess special teams abilities and whatnot, I, I, I got nothing for you. But I do have some thoughts on guys that might fall, and it's really just first-round guys because once we start talking about second-round guys, I, I mean, it's there's only a few that I can think of that are like lock early second round after that it's like if I if you told me geez I don't know like if you told me Riley Ridley was in the third round would I be blown away no you know Paris Campbell I mean I'm, I'm thinking Paris Campbell's a second round guy but if if you went into the future and came back and like dude he was fourth round I'd be like oh it's that's crazy but I I don't know so you get what I'm saying right there, there's certain people that at this at, because we obsess about the first round that's usually what we obsess about we kind of get into the second round and then we just kind of know some names and have a couple prospects we like beyond round two. But basically, it's like we, we've got round one locked down because that's what all the mock drafts are, whatever. So that's what I want to kind of address. So what I kind of want to do is maybe give like a, a range, at least of a few players. I haven't entirely thought this out, but let's just try it on and see how it works out. Because sort of the interesting thing is here, with a lot of these players... Because so many players in my mind are so boom or bust, I could, if you, again, if you went to the future and told me that some of these guys went top five, I, you know, it wouldn't have been my guess, but I wouldn't really be shocked. If you told me they were like in the 20s or later, some of these guys also wouldn't be super shocked. 
So Nick Bosa and Quinnen Williams will be going top five. Quinnen is the only one that could potentially fall outside of the top five. And this is all pending scandal, pending anything that we don't know between now and the draft. I'm not, I'm not speaking on that. But Bosa and Quinnen are gone. There's just there's no leeway here. They're the best two players in the draft. That seems to be relatively unanimous. I don't know very many people that disagree. Maybe some people are like, Haskins is better, Ed Oliver, whatever. You're wrong, but it's fine if you want to believe that. Outside of that, Josh Allen is is largely considered, I, I shouldn't say the next best. It, 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 again, it, there's so much volatility, but I I have Josh Allen number three, not my me personally, but my big board aggregation on NFLBigBoard.com has him number three, which means the consensus among these boards that I have is that Josh Allen is the third best. I could absolutely see him falling. Now, I don't mean into the 20s. I'm talking about 10-ish. Now, it seems unlikely, but there are issues here. He was unbelievably productive in college, but productive isn't the whole story. Some of the other bits and pieces of the story, number one, as far as being a pass rusher, many people have said Brian Burns is better, Nick Bosa is better. A lot lot of guys are better pass rushers than Josh Allen. Against the run, he's nowhere near as good as Montez Sweat. He's not as good as Bosa. So he's one of those guys that's you know, if you add up all of his talents together, like he's the most versatile and therefore maybe has the highest ceiling because if he can max out his potential as a pass rusher and against the run and and in coverage, all three of which he's good at, then he's just going to be a freak. But what if they don't necessarily translate? Because again, he's not, he's not the best in any one category. And if you look at, you know, if you've watched, you know, Coleman or whoever it was that did his breakdown, it was, I don't think, I think it was the other guy. But it was, it was more or less, as far as a pass rusher, he's very one-dimensional and kind of Kyler Murray, or uh, <laughs> Kyler Fackrell-esque in that he's kind of got that one move of speed bend. There wasn't a whole lot else going on. He doesn't have a very good bull rush. He's not super elite with his hands. It's more or less he's going up against slower competition in college and getting around him. Now, that's not the whole story. He's a very good pass rusher. I'm not trying to diminish it. But I'm just saying it's not a slam dunk like Quinnen and Nick Bosa. Do I think he's going top five? Yes, absolutely I do. Could I see him slide? Yeah. Is there a a, a world in which he makes it to the Packers? Yes, but it would be very unlikely. But I tend to think that would be, his floor probably isn't even that far, but I will say that's a floor. If he makes it there and we don't take him, I, I don't know, I'll just get up and walk out. I don't know what else to say. But in terms of a slide, I think anything past five is going to be considered a slide, and I think that's possible. Next up is Ed Oliver, and I think this is extremely crazy because... If, if you told me he went number two, I'd be sh- sort of shocked, but not really. Because his skill set is deserving of, I mean, it, coming into this year, he was number one. I mean, th- there were times, you know, about one year ago, if you talk about 2019 prospects, it's like, oh, Ed Oliver, you just got to check this guy out. Freak, right? But he also has the red flags. There's concerns about his size. Right, he played for Houston. He didn't exactly play for the biggest program in the world, and yet his production was kind of trash. Now, granted, he faced a bunch of double teams, and there's a whole bunch of other stuff going on, but there's always that concern of that next hump. Right, If you can do what you did in college in the pros, boom, you're gone. You're not making it past the top five. You're probably not making it past the top three. But what if it just doesn't translate, and he's one of those guys that you know you just wonder? Now, I don't think there's any way he makes it past 14. I think that's his floor, but I'll say he goes anywhere from 3 to 14. That's a pretty wide range. And if he does slide all the way to 14, I think some people would call that a fall. So I'll say he could fall, but I don't think he falls past that. In fact, there's a lot of talk, not that it matters at this point in the year. Talk doesn't mean anything, but 
it wouldn't surprise me if there's some truth to it. There's a lot of talk the Falcons are trying hard to get on the phone and, and possibly make arrangements to move up, kind of gauging the temperature, and, and they're interested in moving up to get Ed Oliver. Devin White is interesting because I actually think he could go earlier than a lot of people think. I have him number five on my board here. Now, I'll acknowledge top ten for a linebacker is pretty unheard of. It's very, very rare that it ever happens. But it, you know, again, unless all the chatter is just nonsense, he he genuinely believes he is going top five. He 100% legitimately believes that. And he has a team in mind, and I'll tell you exactly who it is. It's the Oakland Raiders. He knows the Oakland Raiders want him. A lot of people know the Oakland Raiders run him. The only caveat here is if Quinnen Williams makes it to four, the Raiders are going to take him. I legitimately believe there's a good chance Quinnen Williams is gone and Devin White could go four. I don't think that's smart. And again, maybe this is all smoke because it's one of those things that just seems too crazy to happen. But this is the same guy that I said there's no way anybody would ever get rid of Mac, and they did. Also, within a year of that, I said there's no way that the Giants are going to get rid of Odell Beckham, and they did. I said there's no way the Cardinals are going to take Kyler Murray. It seems like they are. So, sure, let's just get crazy with it, man. So I I don't know that Devin White falls. I don't think he does. I I, I actually think Devin White's going to go higher than a lot of people think. Um, Jawan Taylor, I tend to believe, and a lot of this is because I have a mock draft, and I've, I've kind of been looking at stuff. So the mock draft, I need to work on it. Hopefully it'll be coming out Monday. It's going to be, I don't know if I told you, it's a dueling mock draft. There's going to be what I would do and what I think is going to happen. I think Jawan Taylor might also go a lot earlier than people think. I have him six on my list here, so it's not going to be a fall on my board. But I think he's going to go top ten. In fact, I think there's going to be two linemen that are going to go top ten. Jawan Taylor might actually go second. We'll see how it goes. But here, you want another prediction? I'll just give it to you. I think not only does Jawan Taylor go top ten, here's a little bit little, little bit of sauce for you. I think he stays in Florida. How about that? Uh, Kyler Murray, you know, could he fall? Yeah, he could fall. I don't know. I mean, bottom line is if he doesn't go number one, he's probably going to... Well, I don't know that. Somebody could trade up right away to two, and they and they might. He, I, I think his floor is probably three, only because the, the incessant rumor is that the Jets want to trade back, and I don't know if they're going to find a trade partner. However, if Kyler does fall to three, and by the way, I think he would go at two also because the 49ers might move back, but maybe not. It, it depends who goes. It doesn't matter. But he'll, he'll probably go to three because the Jets will find a trade partner that want to move up for Kyler. Would be my assumption. So I would say his floor is three. Rashawn Gary. Now, this is a big one. Because if I wanted to sound all snooty, I would say I have an inside source. I'll just say I heard through the grapevine from uh, one of my loyal listeners uh, a little bit of insight into a couple different Michigan players. The word on Gary is that he has a lot of potential, but inconsistent effort and technique. Now, here, here's the thing. When I heard that, Again, he if he went top five, I'd be a little surprised, but kind of not at the same. Like, it wouldn't be like I'm jumping out of my chair like, what? This just blew my mind. It'd be like, oh, that's that's kind of crazy. You know, like maybe Denzel Ward going to the to Cleveland last year was like, oh, that's, that's higher than I thought. But, you know, all right, he's a good player. Here's the thing, though. Teams, if, if, if I can hear from a podcast listener this information, the teams all know this information because coaches talk to... Um, teams, and they're going to be honest. You would think that coaches are going to say, oh, no, he's the greatest because they want their guys drafted higher so that they can get better, blah, blah, blah. Point is, though, as a coach, your reputation is on the line. You want to be honest. So they're going to tell the truth about their guys. Now, they might have a little bit of a more positive bend to it, but teams know this stuff. And, And when you have inconsistent effort, especially, but even technique, that's a real bad thing. And that's one of those things where, you know, you don't take him off your board, but it's kind of like those character concerns where it's kind of like, you know, I just don't want to mess with that. 
it's sort of a Jakai Polite kind of a thing where you got Jakai Polite kind of going, eh, I don't know, they picked on me, or eh, I don't know, I've never really watched tape on myself. It's just, like, what do you mean inconsistent effort? Like, he just didn't try? That's not okay. What, are you going to invest a top 10 pick in a guy that's all potential and no heart, no effort, or inconsistent effort? I think, it, again, it's possible he goes top 10. I, I would say it's it's borderline likely that he goes top 10. But if he fell into the late first or early second, I'm not going to be stunned because I'll know exactly why. Teams understand that there's enough potential out there that I don't have to risk my team on a tweener that puts half effort into stuff. I'm just not going to do that. So I, I think Gary could be, he's the first one that I'm talking about so far that could be a legitimate faller. Now, again, falling is kind of depends on what certain people's perspective is. If you think he's barely a top 20 guy as it is, then making it to 30 isn't necessarily falling. But I, I legitimately think he could fall. Uh, Jonah Williams. I think Jonah's going to go a lot higher than people think. Uh, I, I He is going to be the other one I think that goes top 10 as much as people don't necessarily think that's the case. And I'll tell you this, I also think he goes to a Florida team. So how about that? Now, the reason I'm saying this is because for Jawan, there's one in particular that I think he's going to go to, but if he doesn't, I think the other one's going to get him. But I think there's a really good pairing between these two guys that both go to Florida football teams. And you can probably, I mean, well, you do know who they are, right? The other Florida teams outside of the top 10. So you kind of get it. Although that team as well, if these guys do fall outside of the top 10, that's another really good candidate for any of these, either Jonah or Jawan. But uh, I think Jonah really expects to go top 10. I've mentioned on this podcast when I listen to him speak, he knows definitively that he is... um, and, you know, who knows, maybe teams say this kind of stuff to players, I don't know, but I, I think it's legitimately true. He says he knows he is the number one offensive lineman on several teams' boards that are inside the top ten and that do have offensive tackle needs. We, I mean, we can figure out who these teams are, right? We know, we can look at ten teams that are in the top ten and say which of these guys need offensive linemen, kind of process of elimination, right? There's one in particular in my mind that just, it, it just fits with who he is, and I, I would be surprised if he makes it past them. The only reason I'm not telling you now is because when I do the mock draft, I'll tell you this stuff, but you can probably figure it out. Uh, TJ Hawkinson is probably, it's seeming like he's going to go higher than I think. A lot of these, when I say they're going to go higher, it's, it's sort of like I think it makes sense that they're going to go higher slash what what makes sense and what I'm hearing. TJ Hawkinson is, is, I just keep hearing like he's not going to make it to 10, and that just seems kind of crazy to me because... Again, I maybe I just I, I'm polluted in my mind with all these other guys, but we we've seen really, really, really good tight ends that are really hyped up that are going at like I don't know what 14, 15, and it, and it's not like they're falling. It's like wow, they're so good they went 15, and that's a similar thing that I'm talking about with Devin White, where we're talking about top five, and it's like wait a minute, even top ten, like Roquan, where did he go? I don't even remember. I don't even, was it top 10? Was it like eight or something? And that was just crazy. I don't even know if it was top. I don't think it was. Let me just look. It was eight. Okay, so, but but that was crazy, right? I mean, again, very exclusive club. Now, I, I wasn't a huge Roquan Smith fan. I've been saying that for a while, and I'm sure he's going to make me eat my words this year because he's probably going to take a real big step, blah, 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 whatever. But it, it, it's not so much an indictment on the player. It's just a matter of, I mean, really, really, really good goes at 12 to 15-ish, right? I mean, it's like, dude, that's you must be a freak. TJ Hawkinson talking about, like, you know, going to the Lions or somebody crazy at, at, I don't know, 8-ish, 7-ish, 6-ish. I don't don't know. 
I've I've heard as high as Oakland at four, which isn't going to happen. That was a while ago. I heard that, but uh, I'm crazy town. Now, if he makes it to the Packers or past the past the Packers, am I going to be super shocked? Not really, but only because you know it's keeping it in perspective. He's a tight end, and even really, 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 really good tight ends fall in and around the tennis range, right? Uh, Montez Sweat. You know, if I had talked about this a while ago, because I had heard it. I mean, you know few days before and I, I may have referenced it but it's kind of cats out of the bag everyone knows now he, he's gonna fall not only is it the heart condition which is seemingly becoming more of an issue um but number two there are teams that have taken him 100 percent off their their board now what that means is it it just means that the likelihood of him falling goes up right because it's just a matter of at, at every single pick it's just a, a, a series of players that can go and, and based on fit, based on whatever. So, so there's a group of teams that wouldn't have taken him no matter what because they just don't need him. Now you add in the teams that would have taken him, but they've taken him off the board because of his heart condition. Now, on top of that, there apparently are concerns about off-the-field type stuff. Somebody even mentioned, and they didn't compare him to this, but he kind of used it as a name that some teams are kind of wondering if he's that kind of player. They brought up Randy Gregory. You know, he had problems with his old team and, and transferred or got kicked off. or I don't, I don't even know the backstory, but it, it was an ugly situation. So there's character concerns, there's heart issue concerns. It's very similar to Jeffrey Simmons in a way, but in a way almost worse because the heart condition isn't going to be all better by, you know, November or December. This is a heart condition. Even if it's minor, it's something that could come up again sometime and bite you in the whatever. So him falling to the second round also wouldn't shock me. Now him going mid first wouldn't really shock me either again a lot of these guys have massive ranges speaking of massive ranges Dwayne Haskins if a team traded up to number two how shocked would you be if they took Dwayne Haskins now it would be surprising but would you how, how much would you bet it's not gonna happen like I'll, I'll put something down right I'm not I'm not afraid to get free money but I mean this isn't like you know nobody's trading up to number two to get Jeffrey Simmons. This is We're talking about a quarterback, and if somebody believes that Dwayne Haskins is the guy, and let's look at guys, oh, I don't know, like the Giants. You know, let's look at it. The Giants need a quarterback supposedly really like Haskins. The Jets really want to get out of the third spot. Is it absolutely 100,000% possible that or impossible that the Giants don't move up to three to get Haskins? You're going to put your house on it? You put your car on it? How about 10 bucks? I'm just saying. Now, What's his floor? Um, like 30-ish, 30, we'll say 32. I could see a team trying to trade up similar to um, uh, Lamar Jackson because you want to get that fifth-year option out of him. I, just, I have no idea. And there, there's so many other quarterbacks, and it's a question of who goes where. One of my mocks, because, again, one is what I think and one is what I would do. Um, there are quarterbacks that go that are not named Dwayne Haskins. In other words, here's a spot where a quarterback should go. Here's a spot where a quarterback does go. Dwayne Haskins is probably the guy, right? Nope, it's somebody else. So um, DK Metcalf, another one. I mean, if he went top 10, not even close to surprising. If he went 12 to the Packers, I really wouldn't be surprised. If he went in the 20s to, let's say, the Titans, wouldn't be surprised. If he went end of the first, if I mean, if he fell to 30 at the Packers, a uh, little bit surprised. But not blown away. And, and again, it, it's sort of because there's so many different wide receivers. And for a lot of teams, it's a question of, okay, first of all, who actually even needs or would take a wide receiver? Um, you know, okay, so we got like five or six teams. Okay, of those, how many feel like 
the best player on the board is DK Metcalf or a wide receiver as opposed to safety lineman, blah, 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 blah. Then there's of the wide receivers, if wide receiver is your biggest need and, and best available option, how many of them think DK is the best slash want a player with the style of DK Metcalf as opposed to a slot guy or a, a shifty kind of guy, a good route runner or whatever. So there's a lot of variables. Could he make it past the Packers? Technically, I'd be a little bit surprised if he made it to round two. But it could happen, too, because of, you know, it's there's so many questions. A lot of potential, but how many teams are looking for potential as opposed to it's round one, we got to get somebody that can play, and I have no idea what DK Metcalf can do because his floor is real low. Ceiling is sky high. Cleveland is another one. Um, he could go top ten. I think he could make it late 20s. Again, that kind of sounds crazy too, but I think with a lot of these pass rushers, including Cleveland Furl, it's a matter of, but how many sacks are you going to get me? Like, he's a sturdy guy. He seems, you know, he's, he's got a great build. Um, you know, I'm sure he can set a solid edge and all that kind of stuff, but I mean, just, just as a pass rusher, because you're not a great bendy kind of guy. I know you're a smart player and you're kind of a technician maybe, but can you get me 10? Can you really? Because I don't know if you can. It's similar to Montez Sweat. It's like, I don't know if you're a 10 sack guy. I don't know if there's if you're going to get, I mean, it, you know, you, you look at guys like Khalil Mack, and it's like, are you really ever going to be that guy? Are you going to be a consistent 12-sack, 14-sack guy like every year? Or are you going to be like a 6-8 to eight who's real good against the run, like just technically, you know, like, like, like Nick Perry, to be honest, prior to his f- complete collapse? Like a guy that's, forget the injuries, you know, maybe like 8-10 to 10 and good against the run. I mean, if that's what you're getting, are you really going to take him at, at 12, at 15, at 20? I'm not touching that. Christian Wilkins, I also think, is is um, interesting. If I had to guess, I would say he goes earlier than expected, only because I think the expectation for Wilkins is like 20s-ish, and I think he could go in that early teens range. Is top 10 possible? I think it's possible. Is second round possible? I don't really think it's possible, no. So I would say, you know... I want to say eight, but it's not going to be... I think the Lions are eight. I suppose I could just look at stuff. Yeah, the Lions are eight. Um, I'll say ten as much as... Let's just say nine. I think it's really unlikely, but that would be like the highest that I could see him going. I mean, as a floor, I mean, he's not going to get past Green Bay, even if we don't need him. That's just ridiculous. Floor is what, like 24 to Oakland or something? I don't I don't know. I don't think, I don't think he's going to fall. I think he'll go somewhere in the teens, and I think that'll be kind of expected again if anything he'll probably go higher than expected but I, I i don't really see super high either brian burns i do think is going to fall now it's hard because in my mock draft i was really trying to get him to fall just to kind of illustrate a point but it's kind of hard man because there, there are a lot of teams where it's like that would just make a lot of sense right here so you know on one hand i i i, I you know based on his skill set based on what i think about him which i like based on the fit I think he should go early, but it's just kind of a weird thing. You know, when when you look at the teams that are visiting, and that's one of the things I started doing to kind of get an idea of where I think people might go, look at where teams are, are, are where prospects are going for their visits. It's funny because you can see it like a sliding scale. A lot of these guys are getting visits, you know, a lot of the guys we've already talked about in the top 10 teams. And then there's some guys that are getting like between 5 and 15 type teams. And then there's some that are, Brian Burns is kind of in that like 15 to 25 range. Like, top 10 teams really aren't, and I'm, I'm talking about, like, post-combine, you know, bringing people in for private visits type stuff, because it's, you know, whatever, you go to the combine, who cares? And there's always going to be outliers, but that was kind of the thing. And then when he did an interview that I listened to, 
he was mentioning teams that he liked, and they were kind of later on, and I'm not going to say which team specifically that I'm going to pair him with, that he kind of feels good about, but it's it's late. It's first round, but it's, I mean, when he was talking about it, I was like, dude, why, first of all, shush, you should be talking about, oh, I'm going top 10, I'm going top 5, you know, say crazy stuff, it's crazy how honest some of these guys are. But I, I was pretty stunned. So again, his perception seems to be that he's going to go a little bit later. You look at the teams that are that are inquiring about him. It feels like he might go a little bit later. I mean, it's just it's kind of weird. I kind of have a hunch he's going to fall. Um, Greedy, I think, is going to. I'm going to say fall, but only because I think the perception is he's kind of in that like 15 to 20 range, and I think he's probably going to get drafted like mid 20s ish. I don't think there's any way in the world he goes top 10. Um, it, it it really just comes down to down to stylistic type stuff too, and obviously anything can happen if a team really wants or needs a corner. But I don't think he's the best corner. But if you're talking about like for example, let's say the Packers were going to take a corner at 30 and Greedy was there, do I think he'd be the one? Yeah, because he's he's that Kevin King type. He's long and he's lanky and he's got good press man skills and all that kind of stuff. It's a fit. He's not my favorite, and again, I don't think he's the best, but he's a good fit. So he might be the best in Green Bay. Right, Byron Murphy might be better than him, like in a vacuum. But you put both players in Green Bay and Mike Pettin's scheme, and Greedy probably shines. But I, I mean, I could see him going like 25 to Philly, something kind of like that. You know, Devin Bush, I think is interesting. I, I, you know, I think it does make sense with him at 12. But I, I genuinely, and I don't think it's going to happen. If I had to guess, it would be, you know, I don't know, 10 to 15 range, somewhere in there. But I do think it's kind of funny that it wasn't that long ago he was a second round guy. And then he ran fast at the combine, and it was just like a lock. But I, I don't know what teams feel about him. Now, here, here's the thing, because as I said, the whole inside source thing with some Michigan players, apparently, according to the linebacker coach there, he says he is the best linebacker. Actually, it wasn't the linebacker coach. It was the defensive coordinator. My apologies. According to the defensive coordinator, this is the best linebacker he has ever coached. Again, that is information that does get relayed to teams and they believe that. Again, why do you be honest? Why are you honest about Rashawn Gary being inconsistent with his effort and technique? Because when you tell a coach and you look him dead in his eyes and say, this is the best linebacker I've ever coached, they believe you. And that says a lot for a big program like Michigan. But I, I do think it's kind of weird that we just kind of accept it. Like, oh, you know, we all just sort of, a, sort of, sort of started assuming that Devin Bush is going super early. But I don't know. Now, here, here's the other thing, because I... I mention this, but this was a long time ago. Remember, Brian Gutekunst himself went to the Michigan Pro Day. I've only heard of him going to a couple. That was one of them. He wanted to be there in person, and he was there timing everybody. And I, I said at that time, I really get the impression that he likes some of these guys here. And I think Devin Bush is probably one of them. But I, I also felt like a lot of these guys were good fits. I think Rashawn Gary, to some extent, is a good fit. Devin Bush is absolutely a good fit. Chase Winovich is a good fit. So, I, I mean, listen, I, I'll, I'll be honest. I think Devin Bush to 12 makes a lot of sense. It feels wrong. You know, the Packers don't take linebackers that early. It just it doesn't feel like a, a, a Packers thing to do. It just, I mean, it just, it fits so perfectly. You know, that, that glove is just, mm, it's comfy. But I, I will say it, it, there is potential there. Now, I, I think his floor has to be Pittsburgh. But I just wonder if the, if the Packers, if he's there at 12 and the Packers don't take him, how far does he slide? It could be a while. And who knows, you know, P- Pittsburgh might love Devin Bush, but maybe there's other guys there that they like. Maybe there's some safeties that they really like. Maybe there's some offensive weapons. Maybe there's some offensive linemen they really like and need. It's not exactly a guarantee as much as it might be a good fit. Uh, Byron Murphy is, is really huff, tough to gauge. 
Um, again, it's, it's more of a stylistic thing. I, I think he's arguably the best cornerback in the class, so he could go high, you know, he could go high teens. Uh, he could potentially fall out of the first round. Again, a lot of it is because of the other guys. You know, what if DeAndre Baker goes? What if Greedy goes? What if Rocky Sin goes? I mean, who, who really knows? There's got to be the right team with the right fit at the right time. There's only so many teams that need corners. There's only so many teams that need corners that want Byron Murphy. There's only so many teams that Byron Murphy fits their scheme, and, and you know, how many of those guys are going to take him in the first round as opposed to other players? Um, Noah Fant. I think Noah Fant could fall quite a bit. I don't think it's it's generally... I, I feel like I'm in the minority here, but I'm, I'm one of the few people that if Noah Fant fell into the second round, I wouldn't be ultra-shocked. I've been relatively vocal about it, so I'll, I'll leave it at that. Um, not a whole lot of other guys that I really wanted to talk about. Jeffrey Simmons, there's a lot of talk. He's going round one. I, I, at, at this particular point in time, I don't think we get a shot at him at 30, I'll be honest. I've already said I would love to have him at 30. I don't think he makes it, though. Cody Ford, I've kind of mentioned, is, is not very, not talked about very much. I think he could be gone prior to 12, and I, there's no way he makes it to 30. So that's kind of his range is in there somewhere. And yeah, I think the Packers could take him. I don't think they will. Uh, I saw a recent mock. I think it was Mayock. I'm sorry, not Mayock. What am I talking about? Uh, Kuyper and the other guy. McShay. Uh, I think it was Kuiper. I don't, I don't know. But they had Chris Lindstrom going, I think it was, at 12. I, You know, again, I'm one of the few people that would have looked at that and goes, oh, that's a good pick, man. I, I wouldn't hate that. But uh, if Cody, Cody Ford goes to 12, I mean, he is sort of the consensus top guard. It's just kind of a fit thing. Hollywood Brown, I, I think he might be the last one that I would talk about here. I, I really think Hollywood Brown is going to go very early. Um, he's he he was consensus number one wide receiver. I think at at one point maybe at his highest he was like an early twenties is kind of where they thought he would go. Then he fell. You know he hurt his foot and all that kind of stuff, and he was kind of seen as like a second round guy. Now there's talk, and I haven't heard it much from Packers fans. I have seen and heard potential that the Packers like Hollywood Brown at twelve. Now this isn't necessarily anybody with inside information. I don't believe, but they're you know. People are talking about that is is maybe his possible ceiling. Now again, that doesn't feel like a Packers thing to do. It not not listen. I think that could be explosive. I think that could be one of those things that that really is transformative, which is what you want with your highest pick. It's it's sort of a boomer bust. Well, I don't know how much. What what really is the bust potential of Hollywood Brown? I I don't know. I I just I don't see. I I could see it not reaching the full potential of what you might want it to be. I can't see him just not even making the field. That feels impossible. He's the, he's I I have heard literally probably a dozen different scouts. Not I'm not talking about I have personal relationships. I just mean in whatever capacity I've heard them say he is the fastest person they've ever scouted. That's insanity. That kind of speed and he's a good route runner and he's great with yards after the catch. Come on, man. Matt Lafleur doesn't know how to get this guy open Aaron Rodgers can't get the ball to this guy I I don't think there is a floor here I mean I that's that's the exact opposite point I was trying to make there is a floor and it's pretty high up now again I don't think 12 makes a lot of sense but it's really just because you know we're talking about what is he like five foot eight you know there's risk in there to some degree but he, he could go very, very high. And I, I'll just say that there's a good chance he doesn't make it to 30. I actually have him exactly at 30 on my big board. However, he could absolutely be into the second round. I could see that, no question. Now, if he makes it to 44, the Packers better take him. I'll tell you that. I don't even care. I mean, if we if we got A.J. Brown and Mark Hollywood still there, there at uh, 44, I'm not saying we have to take him, 
but I'm certainly not going to be mad if we did. And yes, I fully am aware that we have EQ and MVS, and I do like them and their potential and all that, but I also don't really care. Because you think about a team with Devontae Adams and, and, you know, Nikhil Harry or A.J. Brown, whoever it was that we drafted, and Hollywood. Oh, my goodness. Just get out of my face. I'm just, I'm going to go into a self-induced coma at that point. I'm not even kidding. I'm going to be like, just put me under and wake me up when the season starts. Because I cannot wait. I will. I refuse. I won't wait. I'm going to go to sleep and I, I will not wake up. That's all there is to it. Because I'm going to be beyond jacked. And I refuse to live a single day that doesn't involve me watching this team play football. But I think that's about it. That's, that's you know, there's there's a lot of other guys. I mean, I, I could literally go through this entire second round and say, yeah, they could be a first-round guy. You know, Nasir Adderley, Jerry Tillery, Nikhil Harry, A.J. Brown, Irv Smith, kind of, Dalton Reisner, Debo Samuel, Deontay, eh, not really Deontay. Jonathan Abram, Chris Lindstrom, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, maybe Greg Little, Taylor Rapp, Hakeem Butler, uh, Eric McCoy, Daniel Jones, Rocky Sin, Juan Thornhill. And that, again, that's why I say... And that's crazy, because I shouldn't be able to go through almost, I went through through 50 prospects. Almost every single one of them, I could say, is a first-round guy. There's maybe two or three, you know, Draymond Jones, I don't think is going to be a first-round guy, but maybe, he could be. Ja'Kai Polite, I don't think is going to be a first-round guy. Based on talent, he probably is, but he shouldn't, I don't think he's going to go first round. I just, you know what, that's how I'm going to finish this podcast. I want to see how far I go before I'm pretty convinced that these, you know, Mac Wilson, I don't think is going first round either. So Eric McCoy, Rocky Sin, let's see, Amani Aruarie, absolutely, I could see that. Julian Love, very possible. Paris Campbell, probably not, but could be. Uh, Kelvin Harmon, I think, could. Zach Allen, I think, could. Um, let's see, skipping a few. Damian Harris, no. Justin Lane, maybe. Just because he's a, quarter, a cornerback, and that's kind of an iffy thing as far as who do you like, who you don't. David Montgomery, probably not, but maybe. Caleb McGarry, I think, is possible. Uh, Elton Jenkins, I think is possible. Jalen Ferguson, I think is possible. J.J. Arcega-Whiteside is possible. Chase Winovich, maybe. Uh, Riley Ridley and Yadney could just, I don't think so, but maybe. I think maybe that's about it. So I'll end it at Chase Winovich here at 65. So we're talking about through, basically through pick 65. And if you keep scrolling here, there's a few others that have that potential. You know, the, the average is pretty low, but there's some potential there. You know, L.J. Collier, probably not, but maybe. That's, I mean, that's we're, we're talking about an entire second round of players that have first-round potential, of, of actually being drafted in the first round. That's, that's just absolute insanity. I'm, I'm, I'm very excited about uh, the second round as well as the first round because there's just so much potential there. And then you figure with guys falling, it's entirely possible that some of those guys I listed in the second round with potential of being drafted in the first round, could be there in the third round. That's just, that's crazy. But anyways, I'm here on NFLBigBoard.com watching my ticker, and I see five days, zero hours, 50 minutes, and 25 seconds, and that just excites me. But anyways, I'm going to get out of here. It's 7 o'clock. You folks, uh, enjoy your Saturday. Have a fantastic Easter tomorrow. I will have a podcast, as always. Um, I'll talk to you then. Have a good one. Bye-bye.